Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for September 6th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. Um, if you didn't catch the worship service yesterday, please go back and watch that. Um, if you have not checked in already, please do so. And if you're, especially if you're heading back, just so we know who's back in the area and who is not and what's what's going on with folks. I know we have several folks in the St. Charles area who are not expecting to have power back until the 29th at latest. It may be before that, but we don't know. Um, also, just a reminder that Jeremy is in... Um, and insurance. So if you have any questions, he said he was happy to help with those questions. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. You created the day and the night, O God. You set the sun and the moon in their places. You set the limits of the earth. You made summer and winter. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Merciful God, we give thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you offer the forgiveness of sin and wash us clean from all evil. By the power of your Holy Spirit, renew our lives and make us worthy to enter into your eternal sanctuary. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today, since we did not do yesterday, um, I am going to do the First Kings, the Old Testament reading from yesterday, and skip the Psalms for today. So our first reading is from First Kings chapter twelve, verses twenty-one through thirty-three. When Rehoboam, this is the son of Solomon, who is king now of Judah, the southern country. When Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen troops to fight against the house of Israel, to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to King Rehoboam of Judah, son of Solomon, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, Thus says the Lord, you shall not go up or fight against your kindred, the people of Israel. Let everyone go home, for this belong, for this thing is from me. So they heeded the word of the Lord and went home again according to the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and resided there. He went out from there and built Penuel. Then Jeroboam said to himself, now the king, so this is Jeroboam, this is the king of Israel. Um, then Jeroboam said to himself, Now the king may dwell re well revert to the house of David. Kingdom may now may well revert to the house of David. If this people continues to go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, the heart of this people will turn again to their master, King Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and return to King Rehoboam of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. He said to the people, You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. 
And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one at Bethel and before the other as far as Dan. He also made houses on high places and appointed priests from among all the people who were not Levites. Jeroboam appointed a festival on the fifteenth day of the eighth month, like the festival that was in Judah, and he offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he had made, and he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places that he had made. He went up to the altar that he had made in Bethel on the fifteenth 15th day in the eighth month, in the month that he alone had devised, he appointed a festival for the people of Israel, and he went up to the altar to offer incense. Our second reading is 1 Kings chapter 13, 1 through 10. While Jeroboam, the southern or the king of Israel, the northern country, was standing by the altar to offer incense, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel, and proclaimed against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who offer incense on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. He gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. The altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. When the king heard that the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! But the hand that he stretched out against him withered, so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The king said to the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me, so that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as it was before. Then the king said to the man of God, How Come home with me and dine, and I will give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, If you give me half your kingdom, I will not go with you, nor will I eat food or drink water in this place. For thus I was commanded by the word of the Lord, You shall not eat food or drink water, or return by the way that you came. So he went another way, and did not return by the way that he had come to Bethel. Then we have Philippians, the beginning of Philippians chapters 1, 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart for all you of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. 
For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight, to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and the praise of God. And from Mark 15, verses 40 through 47. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. These used to follow him and provide for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, He granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph brought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in linen cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where the body was laid. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, our readings for today. So, we had a couple from 1 Kings. I'm bouncing my camera all over the place. Um, From 1 Kings. So, the nation has now been divided. Remember, Solomon was told that his uh, his son would inherit a divided kingdom, that he would not have everything. And so, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was going to be crowned for every everybody. And Jeroboam, who was told that he would be the next king of Israel, comes up and says, hey, we're going to give you another chance. What are you going to do? And Rehoboam, spoiled the chance, said, no, I'm going to treat you worse than my father did. And so Israel said, fine, we, we have nothing to do with you. And they became their own nation, and they made Jeroboam their king. So Rehoboam, in this sort of like, rage of ego and hubris says, okay, well, we're just going to raise an army and we're going to go and attack our siblings, uh, you know, attack the other tribes because they have not made me king. And a, a man of God comes to him and says, no, this is all because God has done this. God has been behind all of this. God has, because of the sins of your father, taken away your kingdom. But you know what? You've got your own bit. Jeroboam, he has his own bit. So leave it at that. And so Rehoboam does not attack Jeroboam and is semi-contented with the fact that he is ruling over Judah and Benjamin as well. So the tribe of Benjamin has aligned themselves with Judah. Benjamin is a very small, small um, tribe. Then we have Jeroboam. And Jeroboam decides, okay, Jerusalem is down in Judea. 
That is the place where the temple is at this point. That's the place where people are used to making sacrifices. But if they keep going, if my people, the Israelites, keep going down to that place to make sacrifices, eventually they're going to turn from me. Eventually they're going to say, well, you know what? Rehoboam really is our king. And so he makes worship places of his own. He picks some interesting places. One of the places is Bethel. Bethel literally means the house of God. This is the place where um, Jacob, back in Genesis, when he was on his way out of the land, he stopped and he slept on a rock. You may remember this. And he had a dream of a staircase, Jacob's ladder, right? Or the staircase where the angels of God descending and ascending to God. And God appeared to to. Jacob and said, I'm going to give you the blessings of your great-grandfather Abraham or your grandfather, whichever it was, um, and I'm going to be with you, right? And so Jacob called this place Bethel, the house of God. This is the place where he saw God. So it's an interesting place that Jeroboam has chosen. You also notice what does Jeroboam set up? He sets up an idol Yes, but he sets up a particular kind of idol, a golden calf, which should remind us of the story of Exodus when Aaron makes a idol for the living God, right? It's the whole golden calf thing. It's, it's interesting because it's not an idol for another God. It's a, an idol for God. It's an idol for the living God. But God says, don't worship me with idols, right? Because I'm not an idol. And those gods are not idols, right? So don't worship me in that way. Well, Jeroboam does it. He sets up idols, golden calves, in Bethel and in Dan, and says, Behold, O Israel, here is your God who brought you out of Egypt, just exactly the way that Aaron said. And so they have now set up this sort of halfway it is idolatry, but it's also their semi-kind of worshiping God. This is one of the reasons that when the Samaritan woman talks to, to Jesus, she asks about worshiping on this mountain in Bethel or at Jerusalem, because there's this just long-standing uh, division about where the proper place to worship God is. Well, a man of God is not very happy about this and comes to Jeroboam and says, guess what? Because you have set this place up, this abomination up, bad things are going to happen. There's going to be a son of David who's going to come many, 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 many generations after Josiah, and he's going to sacrifice the priests that you have instituted here today on these altars. He is going to tear down this idolatrous worship, but it's going to be a while. Because of these things, you know, God has turned face away from you. Well, there's there's a thing with um, Jeroboam's hand. He reaches it out to, to seize this man of God, this prophet, and his hand is all withered and, and strange, and he asks for forgiveness, and the man of God actually gives it. He says, sure, you know, you praise to God, and, and, and Jeroboam is healed. And Rahab, or excuse me, Jeroboam invites this man of God into his house to, to eat. And he says, no, I've taken an oath. God told me to come into this land to tell you this stuff and not to eat anything or drink anything and not, and not to return the same way that I came. And so he leaves. I believe we'll have another story about him as well.
So we have the beginning of the, the kingdom of Israel, and it's not a great beginning, beginning because it starts with idolatry. Idolatry of the living God, yes, but idolatry nonetheless, and this will be a constant issue. You also may notice that he institutes priests that are not Levites. He institutes priests that are from any of the tribes, just whoever wants to do it, um, and this is a problem as well. So that's First Kings. Then we have from Philippians. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. Um, this is during his imprisonment at some point. I'm not sure exactly when. And is constantly encouraged and constantly praying for this church. As I was reading, I was absolutely thinking about y'all, right? This is sort of my letter to you um, in this dispersed places that we are evacuated or huddled at home, not huddled, but hunkered down at home, all these sorts of things, all various places. And yet the call is, it continues to be, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and serve one another in the place that you are. It's encouragement. It's continuing on in the things that we have learned already um, this is what Paul is doing to these churches, these churches that he set up and then he went away from, and he's now writing this letter of encouragement to remind them that of the things that he taught them, but also to pray for them, to continue to be in prayer, um, to encourage them and to teach them. So that's what these letters are about. Then in Mark's gospel, we have Jesus's body being taken down. Mary Magdalene and uh, Mary, mother of James, I think it is, and Salome are these three women. And there are several others who have been with Jesus since Galilee, and they have been providing for him financially. This is a really interesting thing. Mark's gospel and, and Luke's gospel makes specific mention of these powerful women or these uh, women of means who bankroll Jesus's ministry. They are um, vital to the ministry of Jesus. It's interesting that um, they're sort of, we don't talk about them a whole lot, but they are very important to the gospel story. Um, and they see, they're the ones who, who, know exactly what happens to Jesus. What does happen to Jesus is instead of being sort of thrown into a, uh, a beggar's, um, just a mass grave or something like that, they are, his body is taken down and given into the custody of Joseph of Arimathea, who's a, a man who, who has a lot of political clout. Um, but he is looking for the kingdom of God. And so he asks for this body and gives it a proper burial, his own burial place, in fact, we are told in other places. And so Jesus is laid to rest in the proper way, and a stone is put over the, the front of the, uh, of the tomb. This was fairly common practice just because Dead bodies smell, right? <laughs> and they, that, that process is not a pretty one, and so they would cover that up. So it would sort of contain it a little bit. And one of the Gospels, I don't remember which one, there's a whole, whole story about um, Pontius Pilate putting a seal on it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but in every story, there is always a stone over the tomb, which was a common practice.
So those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. We rejoice in your generous goodness, O God, and celebrate your lavish gifts to us this day. For you have shown your love in giving Jesus Christ for the salvation of the world. Especially we thank you for the faith, life, and worship of the church. The sky above us and the water around us. People who have helped us this day. Occasions for our work to help others. Surprises that have blessed us. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We continue to give thanks for all of the the line workers and the sewer workers and everyone putting things back together, getting utilities back up, working so very hard in the heat and very heavy clothing in order to give us water and power. Thank you for all the amazing work they have already done and and power restored in so many areas and as they continue to work to do that. We are also mindful this Labor Day of all of those around us who work so hard to keep things going. For those waiters and those retail workers. For the people who pick up the garbage. For all the many, many uh, almost invisible people, the people that we hardly ever notice, and yet without whom we would have a very, very different life. Help us to be mindful of them today. Gracious God, we know you are close to all in need, and by our prayers for others, we come closer to you. We are bold to claim for others your promise of new life in Jesus Christ as we claim them for ourselves. Especially we pray for the Roman Catholic Church. The victims of violence or warfare. Those who are hungry and thirsty. those who share what they have with others. The healing of those who are sick. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. We thank you that um, most of our folks escaped substantial damage. We pray for those who did receive some more severe damage. David and Emily, Dennis and Ernie, Jacob and Carla, Margaret, Cheryl and David, 
We pray for Brittany, Michelle, and Sharon, teachers from the play school who experience substantial damage. For the Little Farms United Church of Christ, which also received substantial damage. We pray for Michelle, a friend of ours whose mother died suddenly. And for Erica, a friend of one of my friends, Patrick. Great God, you are one God, and you bring together what is scattered and mend what is broken. Unite us with the scattered peoples of the earth that we may be one family of your children. Bind up all our wounds and heal us in spirit that we may be renewed as disciples of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the God of peace sanctify us entirely, and may our spirits and souls and bodies be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. There you can check in. You can go to our donate page, um, as we do need dona donations as time goes on. Um, especially if you enjoy this, uh, this resource of a, a daily prayer and you're otherwise maybe not even connected to the church, please consider giving in some way. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.